Welcome to our second episode of Electric Spark Podcast. We have a special guest today that has started his own business from the ground up. He's been very successful in every business adventure that he's taken so far in his life. Please welcome Mr. Brian, otherwise known as Stefan, owner of Velvet Property Advisors, LLC. Mr. Brian started Velvet Property Advisors, LLC in November 2019. Stefan Brian has experience in management, business development, and marketing in real estate. Stefan Bryan provides services to both homeowners and investors in the real estate industry. Okay, please welcome Stefan. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing, doing good. Right? Good. I'm glad you guys uh, have me on here. Oh, no problem, dude. Glad for you to come on the podcast. This is uh, first guest, so uh, plenty more to come, and you get to be the first one. So you know, first is the best. So like they always say. So please tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you're currently doing. All right. My name is Stefan Bryan. Uh, currently, I do real estate investing. Um, on the side, I do music marketing. I don't do the uh, formally. I did do um, I had a record label, um, just, you know, a small group of artists. And that was um, some years ago. Um, doing music is what ended up leading me into real estate kind of on accident. Um, I got to a point where. Things became pretty stagnant with music. Um, I had moved down south for basically like a job, uh, working as an A&R for independent music companies and stuff like that. And after a while, I stopped liking what I was doing because I really got to know the business of music. I was really starting to understand, um, you know, how people were kind of just risking everything to get a potential deal, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it was a lot more, um, I want to say devilish in a way than I ever <laughs> expected. Bad. Um, well, you know, like, um, <laughs> you would expect that if you go somewhere in a professional setting and you would expect that everybody practices good business and uh -huh. <laughs> when I got there and was seeing how some people are like sharks just yeah. waiting on new artists to come in through a door. It was terrible. Legally, I can't say which companies and which oh, people, because yeah. yeah. I had to sign an NDA with them, you know, a while back. I but there like... was one. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just about to say, I feel like the entertainment industry is like kind of like that in the beginning. You know what I mean? Um, so I expected it <laughs> when you said it. It's... It's weird. It's weird. Like there was times like I had to fly out to LA because the label I worked at was in Georgia. They had a partnership with another major um, in LA. I had to come out there, consult some artists. And literally there was um, an artist that came in um, and he didn't have anything. Um, so he was like, Hey, I'm looking to get a deal. His music was awesome. And the label was hyping them up, like, yeah, we'll get you this, we'll put you in a studio, and, you know, we'll we'll gift wrap your record, basically. Basically, you know, they was going to package them as, and get them ready through artist development, and then, then really start, you know, promoting his music. 
as soon as he left the room, I could literally hear someone say, oh, we're just going to take everything he got. And I'm like, what? oh, really? I was like, yeah. So I was like, um, this ain't for me. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like that happens a lot, especially like with like young artists. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean? they sign like they're like, this is my only shot. This is like my key to like break out in the music industry. And then they're like stuck in like a 15 year contract that they want to get out of and it's kind of sad lucky it's terrible like um people don't read like i understand that um 360 deals can help but they also can be harmful especially if people aren't having good legal representation and it's just like you know why go in a room with no help and take such a huge risk if you don't understand the you know the legalities and language of a contract some people think it's so clear cut and black and white, and it's like, oh no, there's some words in there that'll take you for everything if you're yeah. not paying attention. Yeah. You know, especially sure. when it comes to royalties and their masters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you like leave the music industry just because of like the setting you were in, or was it just the general like I wasn't happy? I don't think I'd um, be happy doing this anymore. Well, with them, I left that company and then started doing my own thing because before I had my own setup uh, back in Indiana where, you know, I was trying to get local talent to, you know, put in on their marketing, you know, trying mm-hmm. to teach them how to, you know, market themselves, make a business for themselves and, you know, do that kind of thing and getting them to understand royalties, masters and how to market themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're getting signed, um, you know. Contacting booking agents and stuff like that, you know, getting mm-hmm. on the venues. Um, and somebody had reached out to me during an email. The well, the label I ended up working for in Atlanta, and um, I was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll take that opportunity and go down there. And it was, it was, I mean, it was fun, you know, getting to do some other stuff and travel. But mm-hmm. the other stuff I saw in the business, I was like, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's not fun at all. No, so I. You know, I left that alone and just started, you know, focusing with independent marketing. And then something, um, I met a guy that was doing both music and real estate. And he was the one that started teaching me about, he was like, hey, man, you know, we can come out and flip houses with no money. And I was like, what? you lying. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. we ain't about to flip. Yeah, I'm like, we're not about to flip any yeah. house with no money. What are you talking about? So I ignored him for the longest. And... You know, finally one day I was like, all right, clients are, you know, getting, you know, money's coming in real slow. I was like, all right, I want to do something different. So then I just rode with him in the car one day, called him up. I was like, hey, man, can you show me what you really do? Because I'm not believing this. You can, you know, flip money or flip houses with no money, excuse me. And I rode with him. He was doing this thing he called, you know, driving for dollars, was putting houses on a list that he's thought was just terrible looking and then he would call him and get a deal you know within 20 30 minutes of calling him because he'd be on the phone for a while and i'll be looking at him like all right i gotta you gotta show me how to do this now <laughs> and that's how i ended up getting started so then i worked for him for quite some time and then brought it up to um indiana and that's when i started around november of 2019 of when i really started hammering out things and trying to figure it out um, I didn't incorporate him officially until April of 2020. Oh, so like 
about a little over a year. Right. Oh, I've always wanted to like flip houses. Like my grandma used to do that. Um, she used to buy a house and renovate it. And we walked into this one house. It's like a town next to me. And we walked in and I was like, there's no way that you have a vision for this. Like absolutely no way. <laughs> like I can't see it. And it actually turned out to be like really nice. Like and my friends came over for like a birthday party and they're like, is your grandma rich? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, she just flipped this house. Like she did it like slow. Like, so she did it within like a couple years. But um, I was just like, I'm surprised because when I first walked in, there was no way that you were going to even do anything remotely nice to it. What I'm seeing a lot now, people are entrepreneurs that don't go to college and they make more people, more money than college students that have just graduated. So that's a big yeah. thing that I've, you know, if listeners are listening, you know, don't really need a college degree to make what, six figures. Roughly. I agree. Um, Right now I'm going to finish school in December and I'm going for business administration and management. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not learning anything. And I'll be honest, like, yeah, I'll read my book, read the chapters, do the quizzes, do my assessments. And I'm getting, you know, I'm passing, I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I try to teach other, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners is how to get business credit and things like that. And um, there was a time I came into class and was asking my professor a lot. And I was like, when are you going to teach us about um, getting funding for your business and stuff like that? And business credit and he was like well we don't really go over things like that and i'm like so what am i spending money here for? <laughs> yeah i understand yeah that. i i'm also getting i'm getting my master's in business administration um so i i just also feel like it like has to do with like what you're going to use it towards you know what i mean like for like an right. entrepreneurial standpoint i can totally see like where you're coming with like Cause we don't talk about like how to get the funds to like start a business. It's ma mainly just like managing, I guess. Right. If that makes sense. So I definitely think it like comes into play, like what you want to do with it. Cause like, I don't want to like start a business. Um, I would, <laughs> like I have no idea where I would even start with that. Um, but I think like the things that I'm learning would help me like work at a company that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So I definitely think learned... it depends on like what you're going for. Do you have any advice to give to people who want to start their own business? And what are some things you have avoided that you suggest people avoid? My advice definitely starting out is research your market, know your pricing, learn and learn how to price whatever you're selling, whether it's your products or your services and get to know your competitors. And the reason I say that is because if like, for example, if you're going to go out here and sell, I mean, I don't know, tennis rackets and mm -hmm. you have six, seven competitors and you're not even looking at the market, how are you going to know what's going to make you money? And how are you going to know how to stay in business? Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is seek out legal counsel first um, as well. You know, learn how to structure your business properly. Um, you don't, there's services out here I would stay away from that, you know, charge you for getting your DUNS number and, you know, your EIN. You can get that easily by just making a phone call 
or getting on the IRS website, getting that for free. But um, definitely um, knowing your market and learn how to build business credit. And um, there's a lot of free ways people are going to show you how to build business credit instead of you having to go out and buy your products and you're coming out of pocket for every little thing. So you're going to be spread so thin, it's going to be hard for you to focus to, um, you know, sell yourself and your business. Yeah, I agree with that because I've ran into that a couple of times, even what we're talking about right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been spending a lot of money on editors and stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah. I definitely think looking at demographics is a major, like, step. I think every, like, class that I've ever taken is, like, know your demographics. Yeah know what yes. you're selling and know who you're selling to it's like yes. one of those main things that you have to know even starting out because that's something i have to take a look at in like real estate chapstick. yeah um, i agree i definitely agree with that it's something you have to look for even selling houses yeah so um you know when i have to look at you know certain markets um like for example i don't look in anything in Texas and the reason for that is they have a non-disclosure um, law where they don't have to disclose on you know documents what a house was bought for and sold for and other investors they, they'll eat that up you know they'll deal with that headache but me I'm like I need to know what I'm looking at I like to look at numbers I like to be analytical about what I'm looking at and then I have to take a look at the market whether if there's 10,000 people in a market 40,000, 400,000. I got to know um, what I'm looking into and then, you know, finding zip codes of what's, you know, selling, you know, what's a hot market, basically, mm -hmm. what's selling faster and what's selling slower. Because um, when I did start out, I lost a lot of money. I'm going to be honest. Um, you know, I didn't, my first deal came in around 30, 60 days, but the first deal that I got that happened in like 30 days, I lost money on that deal because I didn't know what I was doing. Because when I was with the guy, I paid attention for a little bit, <laughs> only up until I saw where the check would come in. And after yeah. that, I was like, I'm good, I'm gone. And then um, I started trying to, else. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to know nothing. Just give me the check. I, yeah, I saw the nice. check, let's go. And then I really had to um, slow down and learn that, okay, um, I'm in somewhere. Um, I'm in a, what do you want to say, industry where it's extremely sensitive. And at first I was being insensitive to people's needs. I was just worried about a check. And then I really had to sit down and realize, okay, um, I have to help people, but how can I help people? And then I learned that, okay, if I can help them from not destroying their credit, then let's come up with a solution. Um, so some people would be like, oh, well, what you do is predatory. And it's like, no, my main goal is, you know, helping people not having to file um, bankruptcy and, you know, having their house go on their credit and destroy their credit completely and things like that. So we give them options, but you can't make people sign anything, you know. That's true. That's very yeah. true. <laughs> Do you think it's easier to start your own business today versus, like, let's say, like, a couple years ago, especially with, like, social media being a bigger thing than it was? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, it seems like nowadays you could form your business, get you some logos drawn up, 
you know, create their social channels, slap it together, get people to start liking your pages, and all of a sudden you're starting to get customers. It's like it's it's kind of ridiculous, you know. Um, I kind of wonder how um, people that started businesses in the '90s versus today feel like, you know. I wonder how much of a grind it was without social media. That that is true. I was about to say it probably was hell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like I also feel like it's like a hit or miss. Like there are a lot of pros to like starting your own business nowadays, but there's like also a lot of cons. Especially like social media. Definitely right about that. Yeah, especially with some people, they do put um I try to, you know, like again, like I try to tell my nephew, don't put your personal stuff on your business social media pages or even your personal pages because you got customers and people that look at that kind of stuff. So our second topic that we were going to bring up was about 12 business operation trends um, that finance experts say are here to stay. So we're only going to be discussing like five out of the 12 trends. Um, so the five are higher spending on technology, mm. reconfigured office spaces, critical reviews of procurement practices, cloud-based operation operational systems, and a multi-prolonged approach to employee retention. Um, so for like higher spending on technology, it's about like companies have to invest more um, into making like work from home or like remote work possible for their employees. Um, Personally, I like having like work from home options. Um, I think it's, I don't know, I think nowadays there's no reason for you have to do the exact same work at your office that you can do at home, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I definitely like yeah. like the option to go to work, but I think some things like you should have the option to do it like at home, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree as well. And it's like also like I was reading an article randomly on Google. Actually, it was a documentary, I think, on Hulu. Um, they were talking about how they don't do like nine to five jobs. So you go there, do whatever you need to get done. You can leave whenever. And if you need, have a sick day or something like that, vacation, you don't have to tell them. Just say, I'm not going to be there. And that's all they need to know. Um, and you could, they literally work from home for like maybe, they say they productive is like five hours of a shift is when you're most productive. And then after that, you just become lazy and like get slower. Um, or the average person that works the nine to five. I agree because I don't believe that you have to work eight to ten hours a day. And even with what I do, <clears throat> I try to utilize software to where the rest of my day is freed up. Because honestly, when you start out and if you don't have any software for what I do, you're going to be spending a lot of time looking through records, making phone calls, looking through records again, more mm-hmm. phone calls, and then, you, you know, you're going to be spending 30, 40 hours worth of work on the most simple, you know, stuff that needs to get knocked out the way. But, I mean, some people do enjoy it. I don't know why, but, you know, I guess that's them. Me, no. <laughs> I want stuff to, uh, you know, I want to be able to put my data in, go, run it, be done, 
go do other stuff. I saw this, uh, I think it was on TikTok, and um, this guy, he, like, moved to, like, New Zealand or something to work, and he was, like, asking, like, how many sick days do you get? And they're like, what do you mean? And he was like, like, how many sick days am I allowed? And they're like, when you're sick, you're sick. You just stay at home. And he was like, there's no, like, limit to how many sick days you get. And they're like, no, like, when you're sick, you're just sick. Like, you just stay at home. And he just thought that was the craziest thing because he's like, well, in, in the U.S., you get, like, four sick days in one year. Uh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, can't I mean, get like, sick for 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, and then you have to take up, like, vacation days when you're sick. Yeah. And yep. he was just so, like, shocked that, like, you get, you like, when you're sick, you can just stay at home. Like, I would so much rather work for a company where they, like, offer work from home options where if I'm sick, I can just stay at home and do that versus like a company that gives me four sick days. Yeah. I got a brother in Germany that pretty much said the same thing. He doesn't have to work 40 hour work weeks. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, what? yeah. And, and for days that he's worked over and overtime and stuff, they were rewarding by giving him more time off paid time off. And I was like, it's like, it's like when we do a good job, they're like, can you come in more? Yeah. <laughs> can you work 70 hours this week yeah. like, oh, and not did, go home? Yeah, you did fantastic. Let me just give you 40 pages to work on. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is your reward. The, the work That's system crazy. here is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, like, I don't like the 70 hour work weeks. Yeah, other uh, countries are like, you get 30 minutes for a lunch break, we get two hours. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, like, what the hell? <laughs> did I just, was I born in the wrong country? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so then the next one for the um, the 12 trends that we were talking about was reconfigured office spaces. So if Eric, you want to explain what that is? Yeah, um, so that one was about... Uh, reconfiguring commercial office space um, and how we're seeing that uh, since COVID, we're seeing um, not many office spaces are trending um, and that some are um, as well um, rising in price um, because of that. And they're saying that um, in the future, there not, might not be much office space left that people want because they're doing work from home, obviously. And they're saying as well to configure in your budget to make sure that you know you have spending money elsewhere. Um, and also if you need an office that you're gonna be using it like 100% and not just like doing halfway of people working from home, so. I do do the co-working thing. So when I need to meet up with clients, depending on where I'm at, because I like, I go, you know, state to state sometimes and I do like the co-working spaces. I kind of like, um, I kind of like the option to have an office, um, even if you're not there all the time, because sometimes it's just easier to like work by yourself in an environment where you don't have to worry about like my dog barking um or like someone like opening the front door walking outside like I don't have to worry about any of that but I think it was I maybe I was like watching tv show or something where they did these office spaces where you had like your own desk but it was like 
placed differently. So it was mm. kind of like we're all in this huge room. Um, I kind of want to say like a gym or something, but obviously bigger than that. And then you have your own desk, but you're like strategically placed. So you could still go mm. talk to someone else. And it's not like a closed box, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Cubicle. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's not oh, a cubicle. Oh, yeah. It's not I a cubicle. I, well, no, I, you, I know you said, you said a box. Like, you said a box. Yeah, it's, it's like, not like a, a box. And it's yeah. not like where you have your own personal, like, I shut the door, I'm locked in kind of thing. It's kind of where, like, I'm here and you're just, like, strategically placed. So you have that separate area to do your own thing and work on whatever you want to work on. But you're not, like, enclosed. And I think it kind of helps with, like, same focused or you know what I mean right. so you're not like staring at the wall like on oh, this square area just working on what I'm working on you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it has you can have the option to be like oh so and so's there I can go ask them for help and that kind of stuff yeah I yeah like I worked at this setup. I worked at a car dealership where you know how it's open when you first walk in and you mm-hmm. had like the little half looking cube. I, oh, I hated that. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody would be like staring and looking at you like, and I'd be like, what are y'all looking at? Like, I'm just trying to get same stuff y'all trying to get done. <laughs> I do like the bigger cubicles, but I did. I'm but my so, problem too was I always came out of my like office and would come out and start talking to everybody instead of doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like the option of, like, being able to go into a place, like, and be secluded. But maybe if it was, like, just a general, like, kind of like libraries where you can be in the open setting and work on your stuff. But then there's cubicles if you want to be by yourself. Maybe that kind of setup would be cool. Um, Right. Better than any office space i know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I say that you're like locked in and it's just i was in yeah uh, had an interview the other day and I, he barely could shut the door because it was so enclosed he had like he's like can you just scoot over a little bit i was like i guess this was your interview <laughs> so i mean i'm trying to get in here and he's like okay i can finally shut the door it was like literally had like no space it was like <laughs> oh my i can even it was imagine so awkward Okay, so the next one is a critical reviews of procurement practices. Um, if you want to talk about it, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what they were saying that part was look over your goods and services more daily than weekly. Because a lot of business they'll look at like at the end of the month or uh, weekly, uh, but they're saying you need to do it daily because. Um, <clears throat> to ensure uh, your checks and balances that are correct um, and, and also make sure you have enough profit for loss as well um, to calculate through the month um, and stay on it. And, and a lot of businesses don't do that and then they get in debt and then they're just like, we got to cut hours, we got to do this, uh, yeah. cut products. And so that's why they were saying you need to do it daily and make sure that you got enough product in there for the uh, week. Just like I had, like where I work, we had literally, I work at a grocery store um, and they literally ran out of water, like jugs of 24 packs of water because they didn't order it because we had, since the COVID, a lot of students didn't go to school. So they didn't order as much because they were like, oh, well, there's not going to be 
that many people going back to school. But we had everyone going back to school this year, so they didn't. They counted probably for the little like the elementary and like to high school, but they didn't count the college kids. So everyone was just like, "Where's all this water at? Do we have a storage?" I'm like, "No, it's just they didn't order enough, or they just didn't put a bigger enough order." Just like um, other products we had in store, they just we were completely like wiped off like the shelves, just like when COVID first started. Like, see, there, it's all gone. See, I don't understand that because personally, I feel like I would just review how much I sell like daily. I don't see a point mm-hmm. in doing it like weekly, especially like at a grocery store. Yeah. Like whenever we worked for a, like when whenever we had to like sell merchandise mm-hmm. and stuff for a hockey team, um, we went over that daily. Yeah. So it just baffles me to think that yeah. people do it weekly. Yeah. I've, Especially I've, at like a grocery store. I've seen a lot of companies that have done it weekly. And, it, you know, old systems die. And you got to, you know, ramp it up and get with new things. Because people nowadays, they're, they're aggressive when it comes to buying certain kind of products. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like when, um, what is it, when it thunderstorms? No, when it snowstorms. What happens? Milk, bread, and eggs go out. Yeah, yeah. Can't nobody make a sandwich anymore. Yeah. Can't even make smoothies or nothing. It's like, dang. And then toilet paper is gone. Or like when COVID started, toilet paper. Oh, couldn't yeah. find it. Yeah. Couldn't well, find it. I know. Hand sanitizer, <laughs> too. Hand sanitizer, yeah. too. This guy, you barely... I have, this, I, have was... huge, I have this huge bottle of hand sanitizer in my car. And my friend was like, why do you have this huge hand sanitizer in your car? And I was like, there's this thing called COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants hand sanitizer. Like, I've had this for the entire time. I had Febreze and, like, Lysol waiting on people to get it in the car. As soon as they get in the car, I'm like, Psh, hitting everybody with it. Like, I don't know what you've been doing, but you're going to yeah. take this. It's better than being sick. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, and then the last or the fourth one uh, was uh, cloud-based operating systems. Um, basically, like it says, you know, you always should have a backup uh, software just in case your data goes up, like off the rim or like you know your computer's fried. You have your backup cloud, just like phones, like almost every phone nowadays has. A yes. Backup. So they're saying you need to have that, even though it's probably going to be a little expensive, it's worth it at the long run. So true, because I've had problems with that before where I relied solely on my computer to store everything. And I did have cloud systems, but I didn't know nothing about it, so I wouldn't use it Mm -hmm. until one day one of my computers took a dump, couldn't restore anything. I was hurt. Oh, I'm praying that will never happen. <laughs> I, was like, I was hurt. I no, I totally get that. Like, I think the worst thing is like not having a backup to like, especially like something that you need. It's kind of like when you are like writing paper and you don't hit save, and then your computer oh, yeah. dies, and then it just like is gone, and you're like, where'd it go? Like, yeah. I just wrote a 10-page paper, and it's all gone. You know what I mean? That's That happened to me in school It's before. sad. It makes you uh, absolutely want to cry. I think it was uh, 
like this year, I went to some of the summer classes too, and I had this. I have this laptop. I have other stuff I can use too. But for some reason, it's like no, I'm gonna get this Dell. I ordered the Dell. They sent me the wrong battery, so now I got to basically plug the Dell into you know the the outlet and stuff. I was writing this paper, and for whatever reason. I thought a bug got on me or something, and I flicked the power cord out of the laptop. And my paper was gone. I was hurt. Jesus. So oh, now I start God. using everything. Yeah, I I love cloud stuff now. I'm like I I don't know where I'll be without it. <laughs> Especially when you want to be on the go and you need yeah. to meet up with clients, you just pull it up and it's there. That's very true. Yeah. I didn't realize. I guess recently I didn't realize that whatever I upload to, like, iCloud, like, I can literally access it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize, like, I guess how important that was until, like, I needed something. And then I was like, oh, I could literally look it up and, like, find it. Like, it's not gone forever. Yeah. I love iCloud now. Before, mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. It's like, I ain't gonna use this. Now I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> put it on there. Always put it on so the last one, uh, the fifth one, uh, the multi uh, approach to employee retention. Uh, what they're saying you should do is uh, remote from work, uh, like we talked about, work-life balance, um, employer to employee engagement. So like basically, like most of the marketing people I've talked to, they do like go out to bowling every Friday night, or they do. F- like every Friday they take their coworkers somewhere and fun so they can relax and like interact with coworkers, um, do some like promotions. So like in goal achievements. So like, say you sell a house today, you get like, um, a thousand dollar bonus or something like that. Um, right. So stuff like that they're saying you should have in order to retain people and which I've always encouraged that I've done as a manager as well. Um, especially the, promotion and just giving them bonuses so like they sign up like 50 people for rewards cards i mean i would give them like a 25 gift card to wherever they want to do so and yeah encourage them to work more i, I definitely <clears throat> sorry you can no go. sorry no i was just choking no. <laughs> um i was gonna say i think the most important thing out of like keeping employees on would probably be like a work-life balance because I feel like half the time if you're always at work and you're always like required to be there um I think the worst part is not having the option to have a personal life you know what I mean like yeah I think like because like especially when you're young it's like you're supposed to work all the time and get this out of the way so then when you're older you can have the time to do whatever you want but it's also like I'm in my 20s I want to be able to work and also have a personal life to where I can do all the fun stuff like I don't want to wait until I'm like 65 and retired to to book a random trip to Florida like I want to be able to do that now while I'm young enough but also like I like working. I like going into work. I like making money. I like doing all that kind of stuff. Like, I want to have the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, um, with people that have worked for me, I've definitely, you know, set it to where with the software that we use, it makes it so much easier. It's like, 
if they work for an hour or two, hey, that's fine. And, you know, as long as stuff was done. And, yeah. Um, but, but other than that, I was giving them, you know, like vacations to use. Um, so, you know, there was this thing that I did where if like somebody hit like 10 deals in a month, you know, and that's really hard to do. Um, I would send them to like Vegas or Cancun and stuff like that. But um, other than that, I mean, they could go on. They was literally going on vacation a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. I was like, I was like, I need to go too. Yeah, yeah. It's I like raised. I don't, I don't need to go on a vacation all the time. Like that's not something I, I need to do every single weekend out of the month. But the one thing I did like about college was we were always looking forward to like fall break and then it was Christmas break and then it was spring break. We had those breaks to be able to do something if we want, considering we're constantly like doing schoolwork. We're constantly studying for exams. We're constantly like running back and forth between jobs, social life, sorority and fraternity life, like back and forth. It's just like the option to be able to have both is like more important than working nine to five every single day and going home because you're too exhausted and you want to just like make dinner and go to bed. Like that's not fun. That's not living life. Yeah, I agree because other countries are out here working only 30, 33 hours a week. It's even less. And I'm seeing new studies in the U.S. where they're, you know, practicing the uh, even the four day work week. And, um, and I'm like, man, you know, like I at one point I worked in a factory where, you know, they did like uh, four days for 10 hours. And then you can come in for your, was it four days for 10 hours or five days? It's been so long since I've been there, but yeah, yeah it was four days for 10 hours, 10, 10 and a half hours. And then you had three days off, but nine times out of 10, they forced us to come in anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. my dad used to have to, they used to have to do like, they'd pick like whichever days that you got off and he was always like i want friday and saturday off um and then i'll work sundays because sundays a lot of the times other people want to get off and he was like i'd rather get friday and saturday off so at least i have friday night to go out and do something you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because then they'd be like i want you to work friday um and Saturday and then you have Sunday and Monday off. And it's like what what do you expect me yeah. to do on Sunday and Monday? Like what am I gonna go do? Like what am I how am I gonna have a semblance of a life if that's, I have a Sunday that, and a Monday off? Like it makes no that, sense. That's exactly the problem I had. I had a uh have Sunday and Mondays off too. And I was like, oh no. I'm like, because you know, I'm you know, you want to go out to the bar or something, and then yeah. you yeah. go out and there's nothing but old people in there. And it's like, I'm not even here to play, cro- you know, play crochet and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, knit some sweaters. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love talking to older individuals, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you in your 20s, like, you're like, I'm going to go do stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I talk- at least give me a Thursday off. Yeah. Something. Like- Thursday, Friday. Throw me a bone. And our third and final topic that we have, um, it's coming from Cigna.com. They're, the article is about uh, why businesses are using more social media panels. Um, and the four main points they had was it builds prestige, it boosts viewership, it's very inexpensive, it boosts your profile quickly, which I agree with all on those four fronts. Um, you could literally post 
like you guys were talking about music earlier, you can yeah post on SoundCloud free. It's free to sign up and you can go viral within maybe a couple of days and also TikTok now. So like that, that is a big, big game changer. And I agree with that with all businesses should have that. And also like you're talking about earlier about how you started on Facebook with their business profile and then you told people to like it and then that traction and got more clients. So I agree yeah, with that. I, like a lot of um, musicians now have been like posting their new and upcoming songs on TikTok. And that's how, like, I know these artists is, like, through TikToks, like, that just randomly yeah. popped up on my For You page. And then I follow them, and then I add the, all their songs on Spotify, and everyone's like, oh, who's this? And I'm like, oh, this person on TikTok, <laughs> like, just randomly popped up. And then they have, like, a huge following. It's kind of crazy to think about. TikTok's algorithm is insane. It's <laughs> I like... Don't, I don't understand it. It's... Like, it's, I it's... <laughs> I could be in the worst mood possible and then it would send me all these sad TikToks and I'm like crying my eyes out. I'm like, how did I get here? And then it's like, oh, I'm in a great mood. Or I start texting someone new and it's like this love algorithm and I'm like, get me out of here. It's yeah. just like, it always knows my mood. I swear on my life. It's like, man, my FBI agent's good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have a new segment that we're doing um, where we ask a few questions that can ra range from like what's new and upcoming or um, if you like something versus something else. Mm -hmm. um, basically, random questions that I get stuck in my head, he gets stuck in my head, other people want to know. Um, and then we also have a another segment that's called This or That. Um, and then Eric can do the honors of explaining that a little bit. Oh, so this or that is a segment that we came up with. Um, basically, answer basic questions, um, kind of like would you rather do. Um, so we'll just go, uh, but today we'll just go into um, a hit or miss. Um, but on some episodes, we'll have uh, both um, this or that or hit or miss, um, depending on um, which guests we have on the podcast. Okay. So if you need me to repeat it, like if we go a little too fast and you can't understand, please let me know. Okay. So sneakers or dress shoes? Sneakers. Reality shows or documentaries? Documentaries. Books or movies? Books. <laughs> you guys are che <laughs> <laughs> Cheeseburger or pizza? Cheeseburger. Casual or dressed up? Dressed up. Letters or emails? Letters. Watching sports or playing sports? Playing sports. Starting work late or leaving work early? Leaving work early. I'm always a fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Same. Uh, video meetings or in-person meetings? In-person meetings. Good question. Good answer. Uh, private office or a reserved parking space? Private office. Smartest person in the world or richest person in the world? Smartest person in the world. You can still make money. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's facts. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, free travel for one whole year or free lodging for five years? What's lodging? Ask Eric. Basically, it's just like going to hotels. Um, and Lod- I'll take free yeah. lodging for five years. Yeah. Really? I would rather travel for one full year. And pay yeah. the... You still have to pay, though. <laughs> yeah, so right. you know, no, it's just free travel for one year. So I feel like free travel, I free travel. But hey? you're still traveling if you're lodging. Yeah, but when you have to pay for all the extra stuff that yeah. you're doing. Oh. Lodging. That's true. Like, You'd I have mean, to pay for all the extra stuff. But yeah, free like travel, gas. I wouldn't have to pay for any of that for one full year. Yeah. So, so you just for five for, years you just wouldn't have to pay for like hotels and stuff. Yeah, I'll still, do that. I'll, I'll still do I'd that. I'd rather do yeah. I'd rather do free travel for one year because then I could just drop everything and be like I'm going to Spain, and True. just backpack. I could backpack anywhere for one full year and not have to pay for a single thing. Listen, I'm not even walking down the block, okay? Yeah. <laughs> backpack across the country. Somebody. I'm not doing it. Like, I've seen it on movies. Like, okay. I thought about it. But then the times that I've had to walk across the city, I was like, you know what? I ain't doing this. Mm -mm. (laughs) Y'all, everybody can backpack. I ain't doing it. I need a scooter, (laughs) Segway, something. Bicycle. Oh, my gosh. Okay, cats or dogs? Dogs. 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 (laughs) My dogs. I'm my dog. I love dogs. I don't trust cats for nothing. I've had cats. I, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Cats. I don't understand them. I don't trust them. I okay. So this cat I had. This this cat loved me to death. Okay. I would get off work. I would come home. It would be like six, seven in the morning. You know. You um. I was getting out of the shower, change clothes, get ready for bed. My cat would. Crawl, jump on the bed and I had this really tall um, headboard mm-hmm. and um, the cat would climb on the headboard and then just jump down and lunge on my face. <laughs> and I'll be like, Milo, what are you doing? So I'm like fighting with the cat trying to get him off. He'll finally get off and then I'm going back to sleep and then he would like look at me while he was like trying to creep and I'm like Milo I can see you what are you doing so he's just looking at me while he's doing it and I'm like you creep <laughs> and if I'll be laying there again again he's like jumping on my face and just like trying to like bear hug me or something I'm like what, what are you doing are you trying to kill me cats give no like they don't care about anything at all that's why <laughs> I think it's funny <laughs> and there'll be times like um and my, it was my old apartment when I had this cat. Uh, it was an apartment from years ago. I remember one time I was sitting down and just chilling with friends. And next thing you know, my cat just like jumped towards the blinds and started tearing up stuff. And I'm like, what are you on? Like, <laughs> I was like, they don't care. They don't. And I called my mom. No I was like, you want this cat? <laughs> like, I don't want it anymore. Please get rid of it. <laughs> I was like, after a while, I was like, Mom, come please get this cat, please. She she was like, oh, I'll keep him. And I'm like, thank you. Because I didn't want to mm-hmm. just, you know, I didn't want to send him to a um, humane society or nothing like that. Yeah. So I was like, Mom, come get this cat. You're going to love That's him. Good. You know. <laughs> You're going to love this psycho cat. 
And for some reason, he was really good over there. Because I would go over, yeah. see him, and he would just be Maybe chilling. Probably <laughs> probably because I had to work long hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was because I worked long hours, yeah. and he was just like anxious when I would get home. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you're home now. I'm about to tear up everything. It's <laughs> like so here we go, round yeah. 800. Like my owner's finally home. Like let's go every out. time. Just sit there looking at him as he's just. And I'm like, Milo, no, no. <laughs> Do it every time. Um, thanks for having me on the show. I really have fun. Um, um, anybody out there, if you're trying to start a business, um, go seek some legal counsel <laughs> and research <laughs> the market, please. If you need help, contact me. I don't know. You know, we can talk about some stuff and go from there. Thank you, Stefan, for coming on to our podcast, and thank you for all the advice that you've given our listeners today. Make sure you also follow our social media platforms for updates on our next episode, and I hope that we have sparked some inspiration in you today. Make sure you tune in next week for our next episode. Bye, guys.